let's say there's a thousand different lead sources. How many are you using? How many are you able to funnel into your company? Are you funneling five? Are you funneling 10? You just have to be willing to take a shot on things. You're listening to Stories from the Top, an inside guide to better business development. We are here with Dan Kelly, the founder and president of The Basement Gurus. Dan, for people who aren't familiar with your business, what do you guys do? Waterproofing. Well, you got to give us a little more than that. Expand. Tell us everything you do, what kind of problems people are facing when they might give you a call. Well, homeowners, you know, especially in the past two years, had to buy homes um, without warranties. You know, people were just buying homes as is. And, uh, you know, a lot of those homes experienced tremendous waterproofing issues because people didn't know what they were getting into. There was no disclosure given to them. So we've we've been helping a lot of people with those kind of situations. But, you know, waterproofing issues have been happening since the 40s and 50s. Washington, D.C. flooded. The Army Corps of Engineers came in and basically waterproofed um, Washington, D.C. And that's kind of where, where waterproofing started, you know, had those core uh, issues. And then it um, kind of evolved into a residential, um, you know, business. And, and we're talking specifically about basement waterproofing, right? Not like leaks in the roof. Yeah, that, that'd be handled by a roofer, but basically water coming up, it's called, basically it's called hydrostatic pressure. It's like trying to take a beach ball and push it in to a swimming pool. The same pressure that pushes you up off is the same pressure that pushes the water into your home from the bottom. So what we do is we install pressure relief systems in the basement and do uh, basically exterior waterproofing as well. So, yeah, how long, how long have you been running Basement Gurus now? Well, we started about four years ago, you know, and uh, four or five years ago. And uh, it's one of those things where you just have to take a chance on yourself and uh, want something different for people. Yeah. What, what did you originally go to school for? What were your original plans for your career before you fell into basement waterproofing? That's the thing. Um you know, I, I had a, just a high school education, so I didn't have any college training. So it was kind of, uh, you know, just you're just rushed in to life. So, you know, you got to make money. You're 18 years old. You're not going to college. You got to support yourself um, and, uh, you know, bounce around from career to career until you find something that you really like. And um, I gravitated to, towards sales. I needed a job really bad in my 20s, so I did collections. And uh, although I hated the job, um, I learned that you know, work is all about relationships. And uh, the more relationships you can build, um, the better you'll do in life. So a lot of people say uh, your, your, your uh, net worth is your network, right? So um, I started learning that, you know, and, and uh, you treat people like how you want to be treated. Usually you get some good karma. And uh, eventually I got into sales. And uh, the thing about sales is that's so hard is a lot of the, the jobs are full commission. And you really got to truly believe in yourself. You, you're not counting on anyone else. You know, whether you sleep at a nine to five, you wake up at five o'clock, you're still getting that check, right? But you're only getting that amount. 
I liked the idea that if you go out and work harder, you can earn more money. So um, that's what really drove me to sales, you know, so I don't mind putting in a little extra work, building these relationships and make money. So how did you go from sales to owning a basin waterproofing company? Well, um, I met a guy um, that did waterproofing. We're still friends to this day. And uh, he kind of brought me into that world. I worked for a company for about four years. Um, and then that company went out of business, unfortunately. And none of us knew that it was coming. I hated that because I really liked the company and I was growing and learning. But then I was bounced out of waterproofing, you know, for the first time and had to go get a different career. And uh, I always hated the, the fact that other people could determine my fate, what I was going to do. You know what I mean? And uh, I worked for another waterproofing company and I knew it wasn't right. You know, the practices that they were doing and it, the company felt unethical, you know, in, in so many words. So I decided I wanted to do it my own way. I wanted to do it right. And I wanted to treat people a little bit different and give them, you know, what I felt like they deserved in a waterproofing company. Um, so how, how were people being treated unethically and, and what did you decide, what practices did you put in place to make sure that that didn't happen with your company? Well, a lot of times, you know, they would use, um, people that were substandard for the installs and, uh, they just weren't getting it done, you know, and, uh, going through the motions with a lot of it. And, uh, when it came to, you know, the work they subcontract to anyone you know what I mean? And they would, it was like throwing up uh, a bouquet, you know, on a wedding, <laughs> on a wedding day. And whoever caught the job at the lowest price got the job, you know what I mean? And then the people would be forced. They had no idea who was coming to their home. They could be, you know, people with criminal records, you know, just people that are lazy, not working hard or just whoever they got for the lowest price. So at Basement Gurus, we do things a little bit differently. We, you know, a lot differently. We just care about every install. So we're getting less service calls. Another thing they did is when people did have issues, they would just throw them to the wayside and they wouldn't truly fix their problems. So these people were left in limbo and had to pick another company to come and fix it instead of standing behind that word. You know, they would use, um, you know, words in their contract to get over on people where we don't, you know, we don't care about that kind of stuff. We just want you happy at the end of the day. We want your problem fixed and we want you to move on with your life so you can get back to what you love doing best. So um, as you're starting this company, um, how did you go about getting your very first customer? <clears throat> so you understand the craft, but now you're out on your own, starting your own business. How did you get that first set of customers? So it's a scary thing, right? Um, to take that leap of faith, but it's almost a commitment to yourself. You know, I, I'd say to the young people out here, I would believe in yourself more than anyone else, you know, because at the end of the day, people can't help you because they don't really know all your struggles, all your trials and tribulations. You know, you have, you know yourself better than anyone else and no one's going to believe in you like yourself. So you take a leap of faith. You know, 
Um, there was a scene in Indiana Jones where uh, he had to take a leap of faith. I think it was a uh, Lost Ark. Could be wrong. Where he's walking out on the yeah. invisible steps. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He mm -hmm. takes that first step, but he had to believe in himself. That was a scary moment. So what was that first step for you? It was actually obtaining that business license and opening a, a business account, right? That's the first step. You have to obtain a business license to do business in, you know, your state. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty normal. Once you realize, you know, all the tax benefits to being a business owner, um, it's it's truly amazing. You know, this country was built on people doing this, and uh, we didn't, we're not taking advantage of it, unfortunately, you know. I have a question about starting business with a sales background. Did you have any mentors to coach you in the actual strategies of running a business versus just working as the sales rep within a company? Yeah, I, I did have some good mentors. I had a, a couple um, that were really monumental. I had basically three mentors when I started. Um, um, a religious voice, you know, a man of faith. I had um, an ex-owner of a waterproofing company. And then I had uh, a close uh, mentor who was also a man of faith um, who helped me um, start basically in the sales world. So as it's been four years. You guys have had some pretty significant growth from zero to where you are now. Yeah. What has the process been of scaling the business and like bringing other, like once it, it was just you when you started, right? You didn't mm -hmm. have anyone with you. Who was that first employee and how did you go about scaling out? Yeah, we, you know, you just have to, um, actually we had a couple employees who didn't last long at, at the beginning, you know, um, picking, uh, picking people to work for your baby company is hard. You know what I mean? But it's almost like, you know, you need someone, you know what I mean? Like, and you can't pay a lot of money because you don't have anything to pay, you know? So I found, uh, an old friend from when I grew up and, um, she helped me at first and, uh, she was, uh, she was great. You know, she just, uh, got it done. And, um, what was she doing? Uh, she was, uh, answering the phones. She was, uh, booking the appointments and booking, helping me book the installs as well. Um, you know, and just, uh, clerical stuff, you know, but, um, having there someone to talk to, uh, someone to help you, um, you know, handle, uh, all the, all the things that go with the business and, you know, and there's a ton of it, you know, just little things. It's the little things that will drive you crazy and bog you down, but, um, you're going to need help. That's what I'll say to, anyone who's wanting to start their own business, you know, you're, you're going to need some help at the beginning because it's, it's just going to be tough. What marketing choices did you make in order to get your phone to ring in the very beginning? Right. So, um, when I, I'll go back to your, your network is your net worth. You know, um, we had some cool people, um, that we met through, um, a referral group where I met you guys through actually, um, help us, um, at the very beginning, get a website, you know, establishing a website is very, very important there too. And then we, uh, picked our first lead source. Um, 
for the people that don't, a lead is a client source, client referral source, and we picked um, we picked Home Advisor. Uh, Home Advisor had a special at that time, which you you definitely won't be able to get now, you know. Um, but it was uh, if you spent three hundred. This was before COVID, right? Right before COVID started, um, you spend three hundred dollars, and you get three hundred dollars worth of uh, clients for free. And you know, the each each um, lead that they would send you was like sixty, seventy bucks. You know, fifty, sixty bucks. So, you know, you you really you're really not getting that many appointments to start. You know, you're getting like well, if you break it down. Maybe it was a little bit cheaper. Maybe it was like 30 or 40. You're, you're getting, you know, 10, 20 appointments, you know. And um, one of the very first appointments I had was this uh, lady named Kath- Kathleen. Her husband had recently died, and she was left managing the whole house by herself. And uh, she wanted her uh, kids to move in eventually in the basement, so she had to get it waterproofed and, uh, you know, finished. So, you know. Um, she originally didn't call me out there for that. She only called me out because, um, she wanted to do an egress window, but you know, we were able to look at the whole thing and help her out extremely. Once she gained confidence with me for the egress, she did the waterproofing with me and she also did the finishing, which, you know, that was basement guru's first real big job. And that once I got that the momentum really started for us. So we were able to take that one customer and basically, you know, grow a multi-million dollar business. So yeah, marketing's always kind of been a big thing for basement gurus. What is, how has the strategy you've used for marketing kind of evolved over the years? Like it started with getting leads, but now you're doing a lot of advertising and you guys have a ton of different locations. Like what's the strategy been? I guess, um, you, you never want to stop growing, you know, and, and, uh, evolving as a customer, uh, as a company. Right. So, um, a lot of companies, you know, are just old school in their thinking, which is cool. I like that. Um, but their practices are, you know, should be fossils. They, they're not, they're not evolving, you know, in their practices and how they gather, um, appointments and how important social media is. And how important commercials are, you know, that you guys produce and um, looking at the big picture, right? How many different places could, could you get customers? How many different places could you get customers? Could you get customers at, you know, the grocery store? Could you get, could you get customers at, you know, um, wherever you're at in, in life, you know? So let's, let's say, you know, there's a thousand different lead sources, how many are you using? You know, how many are you able to funnel into your company? Are you funneling five? Are you funneling 10? Are you funneling 20? Are you in the church bulletin? Are you on the diner placemat? Are you on a billboard? Are you on TV? You know, are you on the internet? Are you on Instagram, Facebook? You know, are you running, um, emails in an email campaign are you running a text campaign for your company are you you know gathering appointments off of my google business i can go on forever because i just 
did so much research on each and every one of them. Um, and they, they almost come to you after a while, you know, it's like, uh, anything you, what you, what you, uh, take in is what you gravitate, what you build energy to follows you, right? You start gravitating your energy into marketing. Um, the things just come to you, you know, and, uh, that's, you just have to be willing to take a shot on things. A lot of people, um, have so many biases in their head. No, I'm never going to try that. No, the, you know, you ever seen that movie with Jim Carrey, the yes man, right? Yeah. So many good things happened to him in that movie because he just said yes, right? Sometimes in life, you just got to say yes. What, you know, when as parents, and you guys are both parents, so you can respect this. How many times do parents say, don't do that? No. Stay away from that. Don't ever do that again when their little minds are just trying to grow and they're just trying to figure out what happens when I do this, what happens when I drop this phone, what sound does it make? Does it bounce? Their minds are just taking in this all, all this stuff to help them adapt, evolve into this world that they're living in that they have no experience with. So, you know, people are so quick to say no in life because that's all they've ever been taught right? They've been formulated, you know, and I love breaking out the box, you know, just saying yes, saying yes is great, you know, um, because when you say yes, sometimes what are you doing? You're taking a shot. You're taking a leap of faith. You are, uh, you're getting out of your comfort zone as one of my mentors would say, that's his favorite saying, getting out of your comfort zone takes you to places that you as a person never been before. So it sounds like you're a big fan of trying all the different marketing strategies. Was there any marketing strategies that you decided to stay away from, or did you find some working better than others? Okay. You, when it comes to marketing, Google ads is very, very, um, risky if you don't know what you're doing. So it's hard to run them on your own. You're going to need professional help to run Google ads, be careful of who you choose because, um, you could, you could run into somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and get charged a lot of money, right? Cause it's your credit card attached or your money. It has to be a credit card or debit card or whatever, but it's your money attached to that. Right now, what I've learned is if you're letting them run it, they're getting credit for your campaign right? You need to run it under your own campaign, bring in your own inside Google ad guy and give him access to this account. Make this a separate Gmail from the one you use for your personal, right? And let him run these ads for your business. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people you can get people on Fiverr or whatever. So I had to go through some trial and error there and I lost some money. Um, another thing about business is taking losses, right? You're going to take a million losses. You're going to get kicked in the face, you know, harder than a donkey, you know, bend, you know, bending down. It, it really is going to happen to you, but you have to be able to get up, you know, like Rocky just kept getting up. You have to be able to willing, you have to be willing to take punishment. 
you know, and uh, have have that determination. One thing I learned about sales is rejection. I was just talking to somebody else about rejection. You have to be able to take a yes as gratefully or take a no as gratefully as you take a gracefully as you take a yes. Right. You have to be a lot of people can't handle loss. They take it. They look so much introspectively on, on a loss that they can't move forward with things like you have to be able to that doesn't mean anything you know if you look at a there's a stat about Jordan I don't know how many it is but he missed so many game winning shots you know what I mean and uh, people only remember for the ones he made right (laughs) you could open 10 businesses you only have to be successful with one I wouldn't recommend doing that I'd recommend doing something you really truly believe in or good at and uh, have a knack for but um you have to be willing to take a shot you have to be willing to take rejection you have to be willing to get back up and keep on moving forward and to learn from your mistakes too i heard some good advice one time that if if you do get denied or you lose take that opportunity to learn um just recently we we did not get accepted for a proposal we put out and we reached out to them and said, hey, was there anything we could have done differently to earn your business? Um, or, you know, like the, the person that you went with, what, what was different about their proposal that made you choose them? And they ended up giving us some really great insight that we used um, to make our future proposals that much better. Um, so every, every time you fail, it's a learning opportunity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you learn from it. So as you guys have grown... I want to ask a couple questions. First is, what have you done differently? So it's kind of the first company you were working for went out of business. Mm, it was tough. Very tough. What put them out of business, and what's the difference in what you've done to grow so quickly mm-hmm. right after they went out? So they would have never went out of business, but they sold it, you know, and then the new guys, first of all, they had a big egg to crack, you know, with the the money that they bought it for, right? And... uh then they had no no idea how to be a waterproofer or anything about waterproofing. So um, their demise was already written in the cars, basically. They just didn't know the craft? Yeah, they were like IT guys or something. Oh, okay. and, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know what I mean? They Getting just, into a business they, they didn't have any expertise in? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, it, it could happen. I, you know, I'm... They still took a shot on themselves, you know what I mean? And I'm sure they learned a lot from it. And I'm sure they're doing fine now, but, you know, dang, you know, that's that's tough. Um, only, like I said, when you want to start these businesses, you don't want to put a lot of money out at first, right? You can't, I'm not going to buy, buy a business for $100,000 when I'm broke, you know what I mean? Or take out a big loan for a business. <laughs> you know, let's, let's say you're, you got a little money already and you want to start a business. I wouldn't recommend putting a lot of money in your startup, right? Let the business build the money for you, right? You know, and that's that's the thing. You want to you want to let it build, go up, double up, double up, double up, double up. <clears throat> so how did, how did you fund when you were getting started? Did you do loans? Invest your own money? What what we started the business for? Yeah, like where started, did you get the money? I started the business with four hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. I told you it was. You know, Home Advisor had a special $300, you know, and then we had some shirts made. And uh, 
that's that's all it took. You know, you like I said, you could do anything. We're a multi-million dollar waterproofing company now. You know, you see our trucks everywhere. We got the world. We're always on the road. You know, and we've grown from that. So anything is possible. We're we're living in the best country in the world to be an entrepreneur. You know, we. You guys can both agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you as you started scaling up, what has been your process for bringing people into the company and training that same kind of mindset as you have for your employees, your everything from the sales reps to the actual on-site tech guys? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard. Uh, we had, like I said, we had some people that we had to let go. You know, that we we trusted and they just weren't getting it done. Um, uh, one guy in particular, you know, he, he, people don't realize what a good position they're in, you know, to be the, the number one guy for gurus, you know, back then he couldn't realize even what I was capable of in the marketing game. You know what I mean? I knew what I was capable. He didn't know, (laughs) you know what I mean? I could, you know, generate a million new customers, you know, It, it, it's not hard for me, but. You know, he just didn't have the same perspective, so he had to go. You want to stay away from complainers, okay? You want to you want to stay away from people that feel like they're entitled. You know, humble people get it done. You know, hungry people get it done. People that um, I like to say have the magic eye. You know, people that can see into the future and see what they want. Okay. Uh, my, my parents had a great saying, you got one foot in yesterday and one foot in tomorrow, you're peeing all over today, right? <laughs> you know, you have to be able to see the future and say, I can push forward. I believe in myself enough to push forward. And, those, and you want those people to be around you. Another good saying is you can't fly like an eagle if you're surrounded by turkeys, right? You know, you want to surround yourself around winners and uh you're not going to find them you you might get lucky and find them on the first time but you're going to have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find a prince you know that's what they say you know you're gonna and i'm not kissing any princes but you know what i mean um you're gonna have to go through a lot of bad people before you find someone good before you find that gem um and uh, once you find that first gem for your for your company, if you're a sales driven company, you want your first salesman. You know what I mean? Until I got my first salesman, I was running all the appointments and I couldn't do the other tasks of the company that needed to be done. So once I got that first sales guy, then I could start doing the other marketing things that I needed to do to build the company. So. That's another thing that I mean, I could dive into that. But basically what you want to do is you don't want to be like, I need to do everything in the company. I need to do this and that and that because you're not going to have time to do the really important things. If you're running around doing all the clerical, all the miscellaneous things, all the little minute things now through AI and technology, you can get a lot of stuff done with that. But I still like using humans better, of course. Um, not only you're helping families put food on the table, um, but, um, you know, the human perspective gets a lot more, um, 
finite details through, right? And, you know, you know how happy your customers are if they're not dealing with a computer. But you want, you want good people around you. Um, you want to get yourself out of the mundane day-to-day tasks and you want to focus on things that are going to build the company. And you're not going to find that until you find some gems. Once you get your first gem, then you can build on that and find another person who's like-minded. Now you got one like-minded indi- individual. He's going to law of attraction. Now you got two like-minded individuals with big per- perspective. You're going to gravitate another one. And then the next one's going to be easier. And it's going to be like almost a domino effect on finding these individuals. Now you got a hard job. Now you got to keep them all busy. Right. And that's the fun part. What is your strategy for finding those people? Um, okay. Eye contact, you know, people that can look in your eye, you know, I just took off my sunglasses, (laughs) right? Eye contact is very important. You guys both smile, interacting, head nods, people that are with it, right? People aren't, uh, just, clamoring by in, in the day-to-day monotony of things, right? You, you almost got to be a winner um, to find winners or you got to be tired of losing, right? Those are the things that motivate people. Tired of losing. I'm tired of that feeling. Are you willing to change? Are you willing to turn that corner? And a lot of people aren't, man. They just they don't believe in themselves. So I would look for people that believe in themselves, look in your eye, you know, give you clear answers and want to work hard. Right. And you, you might have some people that aren't like that. You got to be ready to fire people too, man. Like you're not me and you, we're not on the same level, dude. You know, we weren't cut from the same cloth. So you got to go, dude. And it's hard, you know, don't keep them around because they're going to drag you down, dude. Get rid of them. Get another winner. We had some people come through that weren't winners. The other people knew right away. I knew right away. And uh, some people had lazy attitudes. What were some of the signs that gave them away? Complaining. Everything else is everyone else's fault. Not taking any accountability or responsibility for their actions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, people, winners... When they lose, um, yeah, I missed that shot, but give it to me again. I'm going to make it the next time. You know what I mean? And I'm going to work hard in the meantime to make sure. And you know what? I could work on my form a little bit. I think I was off and I could have took an extra step. We had an extra second on the clock. I should have used that in that shot. I kind of rushed it. But next time I learn and I'm not going to make that mistake. Here's another scenario. Same person asked in the interview. Man, they were fouling us all game, and we didn't get any calls the whole game, and now you're going to put it on me about the last shot? You know what I mean? And I wasn't even supposed to get the ball. You know, the ball was supposed to go in the corner, and he wasn't open. And, you know, anyways, you know, my ankle had been hurting all week. And, you know, Mm -hmm. just making excuses, right? So the same kind of interview could go the same way. The people that hold accountability to themselves – and, you know, take responsibility can grow. The people that can't, you know, are going to stay in that same mindset. Sometimes a push to like getting fired 
might be the wake up call someone needs to grow. You know, you might be helping them by yeah. firing them to let them evaluate what they did wrong to get in that situation. You know, have you guys ever been fired? I have uh, not. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I've been fired. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's freeing there for a second. You're yeah. like, I'm a new man. This place was dragging me down. I quit on the spot once, but never oh, yeah. I've done that too. That's cool, man. Just peace out. I'll see you later. Yeah, I can't do this anymore. Right. Yeah. You don't deserve me. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs. But one time I got fired, you know, for saying the wrong thing on the phone. It's it's tough, man. Um, you know, just uh you know, people people are gonna have mistakes, you know, human human error. The thing about it is I took that out. I learned from that. You know what I mean? I didn't blame it on them. I said, hey, you know what? That was my my bad. And, uh, you know, that that made me more, you know, cut me, made, sharpened me up a little bit. Yeah, I think, I feel like we've been self-employed since we were like 16. So, like, we haven't had the opportunity to be fired too often. But we have lost clients. And mm -hmm. every time we try to learn from, like, figure out what went wrong that that person wasn't satisfied or whatever, or find something to, to learn and better yourself from it. I love your business, man. You guys have been doing it since 16. That's so awesome, man. That, that just, that inspires me, you know, to see you guys just coming up like that, man. Um, because you know, that's true entrepreneurialism, you know, um, the start when you're 16 and just know that you love something that much. It took me a long time to find out that I love waterproofing, you know, but it's, it's more helping customers that I really like. I like people interaction. As a kid, I was bullied, you know, and I didn't have many friends. You know what I mean? So I always, uh, always wanted that human interaction. I wanted people to like me. I wanted to, you know, help people. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, it just kind of translated into what I do. You know, we had a customer that was super pissed. Right. She went on and wrote us a bad review and she was two hours away from my house. So, um, it was right before Valentine's day. So I said, uh, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to drive over to her house and I'm going to bring her a gift basket and I'm going to bring her a car and just tell her how sorry we are for her experience. And she wrote an expose, Hey dude, like, you know, it was, it was rough. You know what I mean? We learned from it. You know, we made a couple, it, it was little tiny things that kind of, made a big deal uh she had tiny little errors turned into bigger thing you know what i mean where she didn't get scheduled on time and that she got missed twice um but we made up for it we went out there i brought her a gift basket and her husband came out and talked to me and he showed me the problem he was able to show me the problem and we went in there and we we crushed it for them and uh you know we gave them our full discount that we could and uh, crush it for them and they couldn't be any happier because the other company was, you know, two times as expensive, you know, and we just, we did a great job and gave them what exactly what they needed, not extra work. And uh, they just, they, he just called me today, told me how happy he was. So. Yeah. That kind of raises a good topic on in business in general is setting expectations with your clients. So, ahead of a project everyone knows what to expect so there aren't surprises you know and then 
you can you set, you can fail by not meeting the expectations you outlined, but yeah. by setting it up, you kind of let them know what to anticipate. Yeah, you need a company handbook with procedures in it. That's not the fun part. I don't like doing that stuff like that, but you need it. Um, usually, the things that Basement Gurus did, we just fundamentally, you know, had a lot of it um, through our procedures. But you know, we've added a ton and ton and ton of procedures into our company handbook. Like what kind of procedures? Um, how to answer a call, the procedure from inbound call to um, when the appointment goes out. You wouldn't believe how many procedures there are just in that little. Do you like write scripts out or or uh, just have like bullet points of what you want to go through? So many notes have to be uh, uploaded. into this. So when the, I'll explain, when the call comes in, right, it has to be, it has to go into a database. It has to be manually entered into that database unless it came over from one of the lead sources that it uploads into, right? And not all, all of them do, right? And you have to know which ones do and which ones don't. So this one doesn't, right? You know, so um, you have to enter all the information. You have to gather all the information. You have to know the territory. You, know, you have to know which inspectors in that area. Um, you know, you have to know the mile radius. You have to know what appointments they had on um, that day, where their next booking is, um, and uh, ask ask the customer the right questions as well um, to determine if it is a real problem that we can handle. And uh, I'd say there's about roughly about 25 to 30 procedures in that, just in that little tiny span. I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the expansion you've had into slightly larger scope than just basement water. Like right now you're wearing a concrete guru shirt. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the other guru brands you have and how they came to be and why you decided to break off like that? Yeah. So um, the guru's name is great. You know, um, this is a project. I wear this shirt. Um, we don't we don't focus on concrete too much anymore, but um, me and Nick who's passed away now, um, we were going to open a concrete business together um, before he passed away, and we weren't able to complete it because of that. But I wear the shirt in honor of him. Um, but you have to, you always have to be able to, you know, expand. I mean, you guys could open a commercial company, you know what I mean? Just focused on commercials and just gather appointments just for commercials or, you know, whatever trade you could or just a podcast company people want to do podcasts you could just you know do podcasts and advertise just for those you know if you're going to do that you want that own own brand for that like we just recently opened mold gurus which is going to be huge that's going to be really really big um it just never never say no you know just always be willing to take a shot a leap of faith especially if it doesn't cost you much what are your plans for the future to grow the next step? Um, I think I think our next uh, next plan is uh, going to Ohio, right? So we're in the tri-state of Maryland. Now we're going to go to Ohio and then, you know, uh, grow the business from there. I think after we get Ohio um, in a location in Ohio, um, the rest of the states that have waterproofing issues are just going to uh, domino into us. Um, just because they need us more now than ever. Why Ohio specifically? 
Ohio is uh, where one of our distributors is close to, and it's the closest state to PA, and it has a ton of basements. So, yeah, that's why we're focusing on Ohio. Ohio will bring us back, so Ohio would be a good spot. We're all the way out towards Lancaster, Gettysburg, and all that. Then we can kind of both... Uh, burn the candle at both ends to get to Pittsburgh, right? And focus on that area and just run it back from Ohio back and uh, kind of meet in the middle of that area. Do you ever think about moving into like a franchise type of model down the line? Yeah, we're keeping the door wide open for uh, expansion, um, but um, we haven't really decided what we want to do there. Um, When you trust somebody with a franchise, you know, you're trusting them with your name and our name is squeaky clean and we've worked, we broke our back for that. You know, we want to keep it that way. So, you know, um, we're not, you can't kiss a frog in that, you know what I mean? You got to make sure that you're only, uh, dealing with the brightest and best, you know? So it's, it would be very tough for us to do that. It's not out of the question, but we, you know, we haven't, um, went into too many, too much detail with it. Did you have any of them? basement waterproofing specific tips for someone who's trying to get into the industry or looking to start in that line of service? Um, yeah, you, you, you just got to have, uh, people that know what they're doing. You know what I mean? You really got to know the industry and you got to know waterproofing like the back of your hand. Um, I know waterproofing like the back of my hand. So, um, if you don't know what you're doing, I wouldn't focus on a construction company. You really got to know what you're doing with construction, have really good construction experts. Like our two main guys that know uh, this industry, both have been doing it for their whole lives. They started in waterproofing when they were 18. And there are two main, um, you know, inspectors. Uh, One's our VP of operations and the other one's, you know, um, an inspector as well. So these two guys have you know, hundreds of years of waterproofing because the guy, they were working with guys before that, that were waterproof their whole life. So it's kind of like a generational kind of knowledge. And if you don't have that, if you don't have those people around you, you will fail. Hmm. Do you have any, um, announcements or anything you want to tell people about basement gurus? Uh, we're going, like I said, we're going into Ohio. Um, we got St. Patty's day coming up. So we're offering a 15% discount for St. Patty's day to all of our new customers. Uh, we got a referral program. If you refer someone to us, um, they get $175 and you get $175 gift card, Visa gift card. So those, those are some of the promotions we got going on and, uh, you know, just be, just be looking out for us in every state. Uh, that has waterproofing issues. And if someone wants to get a hold of you guys and the gurus, what's the best way to do that? Uh, just Google Basement Gurus. You know, I'll take you to any of our locations. You'll see all our reviews. And um, just hit us up. And, uh, you know, we our 1-800 number's right there. and uh, Or you can just message us online. Great. Well, Dan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yes, it was a great experience. Thanks for having me, guys. Our pleasure. Stories from the Top is your guide to successful business development. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or find Edge of Cinema on YouTube. Stories from the Top is an Edge of Cinema production hosted by Matthew Skura and Jeremy Schmidt. 
To learn more or get in touch, visit edgeofcinema.com slash podcast.